This is Doc Hilford, the devil himself, and I'll be at Tabula Mentis the 25th of April, and also I hope to find you hanging around magicconventionguide.com. This is the Magic Convention Guide podcast for the 16th of April 2009. Right, so we're here today with Doc Hilford. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. Thank you, Andrew. How is everything over there? It's very, very good, although I had some problems actually getting hold of you. Keep jinxing the line with your uh, <laughs> with your weirdness. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a little pocket electronic device that you press the button and it makes all the phones go dead in the room. <laughs> you get those from Peter Nardi. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. I shouldn't say that because now everybody will be ringing him up going, hey, Peter, I want that cool thing. <laughs> Let's go right back to the beginning. How did you get started in, in mentalism and that kind of thing? It, 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 it's, it really is, is pretty interesting. I, um, I was fortunate enough to, to do the whole mentor thing. Um, I, I think there's like two different kinds of people in magic slash mentalism. There's the the ones that start really young and keep doing it, you know, whether really young is, is you know, grade school or grammar school and, and up through, you know, their teens or whether, you know, really young, maybe 20. But then you get the group of guys that for some reason or other in their 30s, 40s or 50s decide to get into it. And uh, I was one of those guys that started as a real little Kid. I was faking it, my mom says, at like two and three, <laughs> doing the ta-da thing with, you know, putting something in my fist and then ditching it and going ta-da. And uh, then my dad taught me this great coin move when I was five. And then we, you know, Boy Scouts and all that stuff, they have like a magic merit badge, which is really sad, you know, when you should actually be learning how to do outdoor throwing hatchets and axes and learning how to make fire with two sticks and I was doing, you know, shuttle passes, <laughs> double lifts for a merit badge, which is really sad. But at uh, early on when I was, uh, I don't know, maybe 12 or so, I joined that, the junior IBM and I met a fellow who had in Albuquerque, New Mexico, had one of the largest libraries in the country on magic. And he basically, after school, I would zip over to his house and he would say, start reading down in that corner. And when you're finished with that wall, there's six more walls, you know, in, in two rooms. Mm. And so I read a lot of, of books on magic over a couple, three year period. Um, then I moved to Denver and there was a bunch of guys from New York City had moved there and started their luncheon um, every Saturday. It was kind of an extension of the New York Roundtable, where John Scarney and those guys used to sit around and, and talk. And so these guys, and this was in the real early 70s, uh, would sit around in a, in a restaurant in Denver, Colorado. And one real old guy was sitting over in the corner with his wife, and the young guys weren't, the hot shots weren't hanging around him. And I said, who's that old guy? And they go, that's Orville Meyer. <laughs> and because I had read all the old stuff, like the Jinx and 
Practical Mental Effects and Orville's book, uh, Magic in the Modern Manner. And I knew who he was. He was famous to me. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, it was Orville who invented the bullet catch that Anneman did and later that Banachek reworked a little bit that Penn and Teller do today. Yeah. And uh, Orville came up with a lot of really strong pieces. But Orville was making his living then as a 100% psychic reader. Yeah. And people would come to his, his little uh, apartment and it was, um, what was the, there was some movie in the 40s, what was that called, The Psychic or something like that. It was, it was really great. This apartment was like an old man's apartment, an old couple's apartment, but it was, you know, like oriental rugs and a Buddha in the corner, you know, and really soft light. And, and it, was, it was very 1940s. And uh, I would go up there and he would let me sit in the other room and listen to him giving, giving palm readings. Hmm. And he said, if, if I want to learn, that I have to get rid of all the mentalist props, which meant nail riders, and ESP cards, and those were his actual words. No nail writers, no ESP cards, no little uh, slates, nothing. And I was kind of raised on the Robert Nelson stuff. So <laughs> I thought, what, what am I going to do? How do you do that? And he said, if you go into prop withdrawals, you can, you can have one of these. And he gave me a pendulum. <laughs> so as a result, he made me read... Um, uh, some psychology books, some non-professional counseling books like uh, The Gentle Art of Counseling by Rollo May and uh, some, uh, some others, and The Psychic Mafia. And those, those couple books absolutely, uh, let's see, what was the other? Uh, Passages by Gail Sheely. Yeah. And, and those books absolutely got me hung up. Uh, so was that the point where you kind of switched from, you, you sort of said, you know, you were reading a lot of traditional magic books. Well, it's, it's what I wanted to do, but then the pendulum swung back. I ended up later leaving, I moved to Phoenix, and I started my own uh, uh, psychic office for strippers. Right. <laughs> and I would go into strip clubs, and I would do palm readings, and they would all want private readings. So I went to this really nice restaurant club. It wasn't a club. It was like a bar, but it was, it was for white shirts and ties, the after-office after kind of, uh, of uh, bar. Yeah. And they had an upstairs balcony that overlooked the city through these plate glass windows. But none of the waitresses, there were only like four tables up there. So none of the waitresses wanted to have to march up and down these long stairs. And so they never sat people up there. So I asked the management if I could just use that as a palm reading office. And then all my clients would sit in the bar and have a cocktail while they waited for their appointment. And so the waitress would never have to go up or down the stairs. And I would bring in a couple other people. And they said, yeah, fine. So I had this beautiful little pseudo office that was a balcony overlooking the city of, of Scottsdale, uh, Arizona, and um, this long line of young women with cash. <laughs> and they all basically had the same problem you know, <laughs> of no self-esteem and being really hot. So I did that for a long time. 
and uh, did some billet work with him. And then I got really bored with that and started doing magic again. <laughs> and after I did that for several years, I got sick of doing magic. Actually, what happened is in the last, oh, uh, less than 10 years, the last five years, John Stetson and Bob Sheets, uh, I was doing a character called Dr. Cocktail. Right. And it was a think-a-drink show. It was great. And Alan Wakeling helped me put it together, and my friend Johnny Thompson, and, and uh, all the old pros. And it was 116 different cocktails out of one shaker. And nothing was written down. They, uh, they really did just think of the cocktail, and it would appear. And it was a great act with a lot of, like, retro Dean Martin music, and it started growing. There became backdrops and girls in bikinis and lots more music. And I just couldn't make more than $2,500, yeah. $3,000. And it was uh, Stetson and Sheets that said, you have absolutely painted yourself into a corner by being a, uh, a novelty act. <laughs> and so John Stetson took Dr. Cocktail out behind his barn in... Uh, in Boston and shot him in the head. <laughs> so <laughs> poor Dr. Cocktail died. And they said, now you have to go out and do a 100% mentalism show from now on. And so that's what I've been doing exclusively instead of just, I went back to my real love. And I do that 100% now and no other shows at all. Well, I was going to say, you, you've got uh, how many books? booklets, books, DVDs out. 30. <laughs> 30, okay. <laughs> where, yeah. where do you come up with the art? Because you, I mean, you came up with things like, you know, the Cassandra deck, and there's a whole host of things if you look into what you've come up with, what you've invented, what you've written about. Where does all that come from? Um, it, 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 necessity. is I'm using 90, probably 90 plus percent of everything I put out, I've used in shows a long time. And the other less than 10% are ideas that I've tried out in a few shows and went, this is great, I want to share it with people. It just doesn't fit my persona. Um, and, and keep in mind that uh, I've been doing professional shows now for uh, over 30 years. So that's a lot of different things to keep trying over the years. Yeah. And where it comes from, it's, it's very funny, is... Um, uh, I like reading a lot of the old stuff, and all the way back to Stanions, which is turn of the century. Yeah. And there's some really good hidden things in um, the pentagram, you know, uh, uh, what's it, Peter Warlock. That was great. There was stuff hidden in there. My friend uh, uh, Quentin Reynolds is, is a great resource for that, and we'll bop stuff back and forth. Um, he's in Manchester now. He's, he's from Ireland. Um, but great, unknown as a mentalist, <laughs> but great mentalist. And then Doc Shields has been a really good friend for years and years. And, of course, Tony Andrusi was, was another one of the later mentors I had. And so all of that knowledge kind of bubbles and, and pops and then I have friends like Michael Weber and Bob Sheets and Rick Ma that I can bounce ideas off of, and they just keep growing into something new. And then I take it out and use it, and, and it's really fun. The Cassandra deck, I kind of dreamed of the answer of the Cassandra deck. I woke up at about 4 in the morning 
with like uh, it was like young Frankenstein with that revelation of yeah if you just reverse the red wire with the black wire it'll work <laughs> <laughs> and then started writing and, and wrote for like 12 hours all these different ideas that it would work with hmm. and uh, and it worked I, I gotta tell you a really funny story though I was recently in Cincinnati Ohio lecturing and after the which is Haynes House of Cards right and after the lecture bunch of us go out to have something to eat. Actually, in Cincinnati, um, there, there's uh, uh, Betty is there that runs Haynes House of Cards, and she says, let's all go out for a four-way. And my idea of what a four-way means and what they mean is totally different, because a four-way is spaghetti with uh, chili on it with cheese and onions. And that's what they call a four-way in Cincinnati. So I went, yeah, sure, and then I was surprised. But we ended up eating the spaghetti with chili on it, which is really fun. Right. And this this waitress comes over. She's an older woman. I do a palm reading, and she squeals. And one of the guys with us, he says, hey, I just did a seminar, and we learned a lot of mind reading. Can I practice on you? <laughs> and the woman says, yes, yeah, sir. And he takes out a deck of cards, and he, he spreads them face up and says, see, they're all different. They're all really mixed. I'm just going to run my thumb over them, and you think of one as you see it go by. Just think of anyone, and she does. And he says, "It's red, yes. It's a diamond, yes. It's low, yes. It's a two of diamonds." She says, "Yeah." He says, "Let's try it again," and he does it again. He says, "It's black this time." She says, "Yes." He says, "It's a club. It's the jack of clubs." She says, "You're amazing." <laughs> and he turns to me and says, "Did I do that right?" And I said, "I don't know. I don't know what the hell you're doing. It's amazing." He says, well, it's the Cassandra deck. <laughs> so I decided that's a really good trick. I should probably start carrying around the Cassandra deck with me doing that. Well, you can buy them now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, know. I thought, wow, it's it's really great when you get fooled by your own stuff, you know. I, I asked a guy for a deck at, a, at a, uh, a magic meeting to do a quick trick for a bartender. And I started culling some cards, and I went like, there's like three jack of hearts in this deck. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, great, he's given me a Cassandra deck, and I didn't recognize it even while I was going through it trying to <laughs> cull some cards to do another trick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were talking about old books as well. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize, and a lot of younger people listen to these, these podcasts, um, what they don't realize is there's a lot of very, very good stuff in the older books. Like you said, the Jinx and Syzygy and uh, all of those have very, very good things that I've seen you know, certain mentalists do on TV. And it's all in the older books, isn't it? Oh, I, I fool so many. Bruce Bernstein's a wonderfully smart man, incredibly smart man, and fooled him with a little billet trick where the part that threw him completely off was that he held one hand with a billet that he had one wish on to his forehead while my back was turned. And I turned around and told him which hand held that billet. <laughs> and it was the blood rushing out of your hands from <laughs> 102 magic tricks you can do. Yeah, there's Bascom Jones was a good friend. His, his magazine, Magic, has stuff that will fool people today. But don't tell anybody that they can find this stuff in there. No, we won't tell anybody. And everybody will be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not on DVD, it's not worth doing. That's no, my motto. No, and if it's not by Doc Hilford, it's, it's probably not worth doing it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
No, you know, the thing is a lot of my stuff is buried because it's it's now going on to DVD. I, I'm going to be doing six individual, um, not just tricks, but complete lessons in the psychology and what the audience sees, uh, six separate DVDs for uh, Alakazam with Peter Nardi. Okay. And um, so we're I, I'm moving this stuff into uh, downloads when DocHilford.com comes back up. That'll have downloads and um, uh, moving it into more of a visual, visual media because little one, because they're little booklet style books, people go, those are really expensive. I'm not buying those. And I don't read books. I heard a guy say he wasn't going to a foreign movie because he goes to a movie to watch, not read it. <laughs> and and I said, yeah, you'll miss some of the coolest movies. Like only let the right ones in. It's an incredibly cool movie that you will miss. And all the Japanese horror, good luck. But like those little booklets, yeah, you, you, you miss it. I got a thing from Eddie Burke, an older guy up in North England, and he wrote this little uh, two-page manuscript, I think in the 60s, yeah. and it was a, a diamond penny mentalism routine. It is outstanding if you add a couple little bit of, uh, you know, hypnosis bits and a, a couple other NLP things and a little bit of tell. And, uh, yeah, you, you find the old things and you give them a tweak and they really, really fly well now. Mm, yeah. But, There's been a resurgence of, of mentalism over the last couple of years. I mean, have you seen mentalism change? Is it the new magic coming forwards? You know, when magic was popular in the 70s, 80s, you know, is mentalism the next form of, of entertainment for the public? They've latched onto it, they enjoy it, they can't quite work out why and how it works, but do you see it changing? No, I think, uh, really, I think it's the opposite. I think mentalism is the packet tricks of the of the 20 teens. I think when the packet trick craze, most young people don't know that the 70s was just overrun with packet tricks, hmm. that everybody carried three and four card tricks in their wallet. And that was all the magic you could see. But previous to that, uh, it was nobody ever did cards and coins. And that became the whole thing of the late 60s, early 70s, was everyone was only doing cards and coins. Mm. And, and I believe right now, and I'm, I'm seeing it waning, that all magicians decided they're all going to do mentalism and now I'm seeing many more magicians doing magic and mentalism, uh. and their mentalism is getting less and less serious and more kind of fun, tricky stuff, which is great, and it's turning back into magic like it should be. Uh. I don't think the general population cares. Right. If you're, if you're singing a song, telling a joke, tap dancing, cutting a rope, or switching a billet, I think they just want to have a good time. <laughs> I really don't think they care too much, but I think we care a whole lot. And I'm really sad that I was in part of the, <laughs> the parade of mentalists who tried to convince all magicians that mentalism was not the ugly redheaded stepchild that should be pushed over in the corner, that we are de as deserving as all magicians. And when we finally won the war and all magicians went, yeah. Mentalism is great. Let's all do it. 
now I see clowns. Nothing, not that there's anything wrong with clowns, you know, unless you're a mime. <laughs> But it's inappropriate for guys in big rainbow wigs and red noses to be doing the Karmelovich book test. Mother of all book tests. <laughs> and I swear to God, clowns do the mother of all book tests. That does sound wrong. Yeah, and, and at trade shows. You know? <laughs> it's, it's sad. It's sad. And, and I'm happy to see mentalism. I did a show, a gala show. With a with I'm the only mind reader on the show, and there is you know Rocco, my buddy Rocco's following, and another magician, and he's doing magic at the beginning to warm up, but he's doing the blend because he's doing sponge balls, but he's also doing the tossed out deck, mm. you know. So it, 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 I don't know. I don't know what the audience thinks of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does it detract when I'm doing billet reading after? Yes. I don't, think so. I don't think they really care. I think they care more what I'm wearing. <laughs> If my suit's tailored. You're actually coming over to England as well, which is the, the kind of main reason why we're talking to you. Coming over uh, late on this month to the Tabulamentis meeting, aren't you? Yeah, Tabulamentis. I prefer to refer to it as Tapioca Metallica. <laughs> Have you ever been to one of the events before? No, no, but I, I met Ronnie a, a few years ago, and he's a, a, just a, a delightful man. And um, I met him when uh, I did the, the South Shields thing up in North England. Yes. And uh, with John Archer. And that was so, so much fun. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm always looking forward to an excuse to come back to uh, England. I'm. I'm, I'm going to come to London, but I've extended my stay for a week or so because it's going to be May Day, which the 1st of May is like a Wiccan holiday. And um, if you recall, Edward Woodward was burned to death in a giant wicker man on May 1st somewhere in England. So I'm going to chase after naked, nubile uh, witches running through the field somewhere in England. Sure. <laughs> so if you're a naked, nubile young woman, you need to stay in. Yeah, well, or celebrate the, the spring with all the other Wiccans and jump through the bonfire. And, and, you know, <laughs> and because witches are cool. Witches are, and that's what I see as real mentalism right there. Tablamentis has, it, this is the fifth, fifth event they've had. And it's gone through from the very first event, which was held in a eclectic uh, bookshop. Um, and it was very much sort of Harry Potter kind of dusty books on the shelves, stuffed animals down into the cellar and probably about a group of, of 20 people went through and generally just talked very informally about mentalism and shared ideas and just worked on things. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> and it's had a couple more and it's kind of gone through the, the very bizarre type um, of, of event where you're talking purely about bizarre um, magic, uh, mentalism, uh, things like that. And now it's sort of come back a little bit more to what I call the traditional type of mentalism. I know you're doing, two, I think you're doing two sessions there, but can you kind of explain what those two sessions are going to cover? I'm, I'm Mr. Norris and what's that book? The, the, the wonderful, I, I know the listeners will know, whip over here to the library and maybe I have it sitting right out. Mr. Norris and the fabulous... Uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Beautiful book, right? All about York magicians and all that sort of thing, right? And, and 
And I love that whole kind of oak panels and big chairs and cigars and brandy and, you know, the fellow masons and, you know, all that sort of secret tabula mentis sort of thing, you know? I, I love that. But I am totally, after having done nine years of The Weird Weekend, mm. after uh, publishing The New Invocation, after Tony Andrews turned it over to me for, for many years, um, almost nine years, I have really gone back to traditional mentalism myself. Right. Um, so in the first part, I, I'm going to do a, a number of things off of the uh, monster mentalism DVDs, uh -huh. which is traditional. It's fun. The majority of shows I do today are cabaret-style shows. Um, I do uh, like nightclub, where I work the dance floor, and everyone's at tables with, with cocktails and little lamps, and I have no tables or, or anything. I just walk out and start reading minds and, and doing the old uh, cabaret style, mm -hmm. and uh, which is coming back in the States. It's, it's, it's much more prevalent uh, on the continent and a bit in, in the UK. Um, but I, I really enjoy that sort of uh, tuxedo, spotlight kind of mentalism. I think yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, I do, however, do some serious things on, on the side. The second half, I'm going to cover some uh, real-time, impromptu, billet-style mind reading. Right. So that it can be done anywhere at any time. That involves a lot more... I don't even like the term cold reading, because it, it, it takes on the, the term that I'm hitting somebody cold. Yeah. And, and I don't. I do really warm readings to hot readings. And I have all sorts of information about people. Um, but not from pre-show and not from uh, Google, and but from psychological sources. Yeah. So, so I'm going to teach a little bit about that, which is uh, System 88 style thing. And I, I, I really, I, I enjoy the old storytelling, but honestly, Andrew, it, it, it got out of hand. <laughs> and when it started with Doc Shields, Charles Cameron, and Tony Andrewsy, and then it, 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 built on from that with a number of other people, Brother Shadow and some others who came in. Um, it, was, it was fine, and it needed some, some storytelling. But over the years, it became every, every prop had to be housed in a dirty uh, cigar box, and every star story started with, my dead uncle left me these odd, dirty props that have been lovingly rubbed with shoe polish to age them. You know, it just became insanely boring. <laughs> and it's gotten out of hand with, you know, let's tell a long, drawn-out story about something nobody in the room cares about. And, and so I, I do some things like that, but... I had some people open my eyes. I, one of the first booklets I ever published was, uh, uh, I think it was the, the first booklet, was, uh, no, it was the second, was um, Mephisto's Journey. Yeah. And in that was based loosely on Arthur M Monroe's voodoo, which was an out-of-body experience. And in it, you leave your body and you go into another room where they hid things and you get it and you show back up with it. And there's all this cool, spooky stuff. And then you have proof and it's really strong. 
And in that booklet, I wrote that, you know, the lights had to be brought down and I had a special lighting device with a little glow stick that made you glow green and then you did all this stuff. And that was all very bizarre. But that came out 15 years ago. Mm. I had someone contact me, oh, I don't know, half a dozen years ago and say, hey, I'm using this to book corporate gigs. How the heck are you doing that? He says, I go into the office with a briefcase and I do the same thing and I have them hide it in another office. And then I just, I don't, I don't go into the darkness. I just reach in and out of my briefcase and don't let them see inside. <laughs> and I tell them I'm leaving my body. And, I, and, and it really changed the way I look at how all of this bizarre stuff can come out of the shadows and, and candlelight and come into the real world and be even spookier. Yeah. You know, and when, when it's, when it's sort of, of the grudge meets pulp fiction, then it's spooky <laughs> rather than rather than a bunch of old men or young young men who are too young to pull it off or too old to be cool lighting candles and trying to do you know stories of their dead uncle sebastian coming back and ringing a bell it's so much more fun to do it right in the bright open light where it's just being freaky <laughs> So I have a new approach, and I'm really enjoying it. That's good. So as well as um, seeing you at the Tabula Mentis, where can people you know, get more of your, your DVDs, your booklets? Um, you mentioned about the website, but tell us a bit more about where they can actually find out a bit more about Doc Hilford. DocHilford.com is down right as we speak, which is, what, is it April of 2009? Yes. However, knowing that podcasts can last for decades, um, it will be back up because it's being retooled to do video downloads. Yeah, at, at, if, if anyone anywhere will email me at doclecture at hotmail.com, D-O-C-C-L-E-C-T-U-R-E at hotmail.com, um, then they can go on a, on a list where I will give all the people on that list that have requested to get on it um, the, the lecture prices. So that cuts like 25% or more off of any of, of, of my bits, and it also um, um, will inform them on any of the new projects that are coming up, like the Nardi project, and, and I'm going to be doing something with Bob Kohler, and uh, then I'm going to do a few of my own things out there, too. But you have to request to be put on the uh, lecture club list. Um, that email is doclecture at hotmail. Dot com, which is D-O-C-C-L-E-C-T-U-R-E at Hotmail.com. And I'm not, I'm not just letting anybody jump on that. You have to really request to be on it, and then I'll send out uh, uh, notice. So you have to ask nicely. You have to ask nicely, <laughs> because not everybody should have this stuff, right? No, come no, on. No. <laughs> That's why I put out, Andrew, really, honestly, I put out so much stuff. Not, you don't make very much money doing this. I put it out primarily to protect it because it's so easy for people to make their own little videos, their own ebooks, that everybody is doing it. And I would say 90% of the stuff out there is awful right now in magic and mentalism. is horrible. It's really, I mean, I'm reading stuff where everyone's trying to emulate Darren Brown. God bless Darren. He's a wonderful performer. Great show. But, I, you know, let Darren Brown be Darren Brown. And everyone's trying to feel the Darren Brown persona, 
package it up nicely in a little ebook and selling it for whatever money they can get out of yeah. it, 29 pounds. And, and you download it and find out that none of this stuff actually flies in the real world. Hey, surprise, it's a trick. <laughs> so, you know, it's really bad. And then there are a few really good thinkers. You know, some of my some of the young guys that are my buddies that that I just think are are brilliant. Like uh, Luke Germay, I like Luke, and uh, uh, Jerome Finley, I like Jerome. And there there's some really hot thinkers out there right now, and some of the old guys too. So it sounds like it's going to be great when you come over to um, Tabula Mentis. I am I am so looking forward to it. One, it's going to be a wonderful day. And uh, um, also Anthony Joaquin. I haven't met him, the hypnotist. And um, with Reality is Plastic, I haven't met him. But I'm a big fan of the, of the video clips I've seen and his style and parts of the things he's done for his show. And I just think he's, he's brilliant, and I can't wait to hang out with him and uh, exchange ideas. So it'll be good. It, honest to goodness, if I was a young guy, I would pay whatever the fee is just to sit around and listen to Anthony Joaquin and Doc Hilford exchange secrets. That will be cool. That will be cool. And you can do that if you're there. Yeah, if you're there. Are you going to be there? I hope to be. I'm, I, I know. You're a very busy man. You're very busy. <laughs> I know. you got to be everywhere. Well, Doc Shields knows how to make doppelgangers. <laughs> so you can be in two places at one. Oh, man, that was a good movie, too. Love, I love foreign horror. The Abandoned. I think it's a Russian horror movie. It's all about doppelgangers. But they're dead zombie doppelgangers. So you, you're, you're, you're trying to kill yourself. It's really pretty cool. <laughs> Turn that into a card trick. I think it's going to be a great event. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing both, both you and um, Anthony as well. Well, there's, there's also there's going to be a roundtable with uh, 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 Malchit and Simon and Rudy. And it's going to be a, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. So... I'm looking forward to coming away with as much as, as I bring. And Ronnie and Todd are, are, are you know, encyclopedias of mentalism. So, and there's been, I know I've gotten emails from people from Iceland, and they're all over the place. They're going to be coming in, so I'm really looking forward to, uh, to that that kind of mentalist uh, uh, fellowship. That's good stuff. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to seeing you at Tablimentis later on this month. Thanks so much. Tabula Mentis 5 takes place April the 25th, as well as Doc Hilford appearing. There'll be a roundtable with MailChat, Simon Shaw and others, hypnotist Anthony Jackwin, and special dealer guests Peter Nardi and Anna Kazam. Tea, coffee and catered lunch will also be provided, and it's being held in central London. For details, you can go to their website, which is www.psycretes.org.uk slash html slash events.html that's www.psycretes.org.uk slash html slash events.html Now you can find all the information for this convention and other conventions on our main website at www.magicconventionguide.com